Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. I think we are just about there. One way or another, we do have enough to cover, I'll say. And let's see, what else do we have? Oh, hey, take a look at this. One way or another, we are not waiting on this anymore because people have been looking back on this and they've been hoping that we go ahead with an episode. So, let's pick it up from where we left off, shall we? <laughs> Doesn't need any more of an introduction because welcome to the J Man Show here on J360 Radio! What's going on, J360 Legion? How are you all doing? Welcome to the J-Man Show, here for episode 204. <laughs> and I'm your host, J-Man, of course. And right now, I'm just sitting back here chilling, and I got some stuff laid out for you. As a matter of fact, between this and J360 Jams 23, which is happening tomorrow, I've been pretty busy for these uh, last roundabout days. But hey, you know, that's just how it goes, man. I mean, you try running your own stuff and see how, you know, once again, like how up and uh, up, and up you are. But I'm going to tell you one way or another, I love doing it. Can't get enough of doing this stuff for you guys, especially every week. So, hey, where where else would I be at, you know? And that's just how I feel about things. Because right off the bat, we're going to go ahead and get things started. Because this episode is very special for you all. Matter of fact, this is what's going down. We're going back into the MonsterVerse. You see, I had a poll going for both 203 and 204. And whoever won the poll, which was Mortal Kombat you know, becomes 203, and which one didn't becomes 204. So since it's 204 now, yes. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite some time because, you know, what well, was spoilers, spoilers, and, you know, I had that two-week spoiler deal. I did the Mortal Kombat one, to be perfectly honest, because a lot of people were just trashing that movie left and right. And while I did say, like, you know, it wasn't my favorite, and that, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't think it was that great, I also didn't outright hate the movie and just lump into the whole fan dumb aspect of it you know what i mean i actually took the time to see it i actually took the time to be like you know what i'm gonna go put it on its own pedestal because it's not gonna measure up to the lore of what was established in the games anyway so you know in a way that's kind of me doing my film redemption on it and to be perfectly honest it felt good to actually do a film redemption in a long time you know so one way or another if you did enjoy that mortal Kombat piece that i made you know 
I'm glad you did. And you see, if you haven't heard it yet, shame on you, because it's sitting right there in the files waiting to be listened to. So, anytime, have at it. But for this particular episode, it's all about the two kings. It's all about the movie that I've been waiting for since last year. As soon as I graduated, man, that was part of my package right there. That I would sit back and actually get to enjoy two big monsters, legendary monsters at that, fight it out in a nice, you know... Two-hour-ish format, but I didn't get the two-hour-ish. Not at all. But I did get um, some entertainment. And one way or another, it was a very enjoyable piece. For me. Other people had their whole thing. There, there were some people that didn't really care for it. And then there were some people that said, guess what? It turned out into the format of any versus movie where, like, you know, the monsters battle each other. Yes. But then they have to battle an even bigger threat. And then at the end of the day, it's just phoned in. And then there were some people that were saying that this movie was like Batman versus Superman. (laughs) Yeah, we will never let that go, will we? I mean, even though we love the Snyder Cut of Justice League, much better film, by the way. Long as hell, but much better film. And I have talked to say about that because, you know, I love Return of the King. And that's a very long film, too. But, you see, the thing is, is this particular movie here was a little short. But at least they did it right in some aspects. So this is what we're going to do. We're not going to talk about it from A to Z. We're going to talk about the strengths. We're going to talk about the you know, the endearing parts of it. And then we're also going to talk about the weaknesses. Does that make sense? Okay. And then we're also going to talk about some BS publications that were written around this film. Because you can tell who Godzilla fans are. And then you can tell who's not really a Godzilla fan. And they're just phoning it in. Because there was one article that really got on my nerves. For that, for that whole thing. I mean, I know how I am. I usually swipe through and I don't pay attention. But that particular one was annoying because they obviously didn't know what the hell they were talking about. But as far as the movie goes, I mean, it's Godzilla versus Kong. And you see, the thing is, the King of the Monsters versus the Eighth Wonder of the World. A rematch that's well over 60 years in the making. And then, you know, as great as the Godzilla movie, King of the Monsters was, and then as great as... The guy, uh, let's see, the uh, King of the, yeah, yeah, Kong Skull Island. Those two movies were great. Now, as for Godzilla 2014, I'll be honest with you, it felt more like a trial run. And, you know, after seeing Godzilla King of the Monsters, it pretty much cements that. But the thing is, it builds so much on, like, the promise in that film, it actually redeems itself. Because, I mean, think about it. Of course, they were going to go about this with kid gloves, because the last time we had the rights and the everything to do a Godzilla movie, we didn't do so hot with that, right? <laughs> Matter of fact, we took a Raptor movie and gave it the Godzilla name. That That's that's bastardization of the finest form. Oh, boy. This is because that director, Roland Emmerich, managed to uh, get a fatter head after uh, ID4. ID4, while a good movie. Oh, man. You know what? Story for another argument. But hey, going back into this one, though, I mean, even Universal was happy enough to allow us to use Kong for this. So it was like, yes, this is the way. And there's no blockades, no no story about Snyder cuts or any of that stuff. Superheroes being, uh, fl- you know, treated with the WB standard of doing things. No, we were actually getting monster movies. And one way or another, those monster movies were hitting right where they needed to. Buildings getting crushed, people screaming, and then Godzilla fighting it out with his his other Titan brothers out there. Well, except for uh, Ghidorah, because Ghidorah is not exactly an Earthbound Titan, Space Titan. You know, he disrupts the balance of things. 
And you see, as it all went down, I, I, I just felt like my childhood come back in such a big way. And I was just sitting there, I was like, yes, yes. Because I could watch King of the Monsters anytime, any day. Like, you know, as soon as I see it on, I'm just sitting right there. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. This is where I'm at now. <laughs> you know? And you see, a lot of people didn't like that because allegedly it was too much Godzilla. Um, the human parts were poorly written. Even though at the same time, I thought they were well-rounded. I mean, you had eco-terrorists in there disrupting what Monarch was doing. And then you had, like, the whole conflict between, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's father in the show and, well, her parents in the whole thing. And they had a disagreement because their son was killed during what happened in, you know, San Francisco at the time. Which was in the first Godzilla MonsterVerse movie. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's cool because it affected other people around. I mean, like, the beautiful part about this is is that, you know, you really don't care whether they keep the same actors or not. You know, because much like how a standard show a Godzilla movie was, you know, you really didn't see, like... I mean, you saw the same actor, but the same actor would play, like, a different character each and every time. Things didn't become standard until, like, the Heishi series. You know? And even then, like, you know, it was kind of questionable on the actions of said characters. But as we're looking at this, you know, like, it, it plays out. Like, I mean, you got the conflict and you got the reason why, like, people are doing all these things. And then, of course, you know, they, the eco-terrorists thought that their plan was to awaken all the titans so that they can make the Earth live again. But then you realize that they woke up, of all creatures, the most dangerous one of all, next to Godzilla, but the most dangerous one of all with three heads... That it doesn't give a damn about the ecosystem or anything. Loves to bring about a whole way of chaotic terror. And it was like beautifully done. Because the best way of fighting them, they try to wipe out Godzilla with the oxygen destroyer. And I was like, wow, they're throwing in so many things from the lore in here. And they're doing it right. So I really don't know what the problem entirely with some people is with King of the Monsters. Because it was beautifully done. And not only that... That's the same monster cast from Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, way back in the 60s. Except for Mothra being in her, um, you know, in her adult form. Because uh, she was, like, in her um, larva form in the uh, first one. If we can go back to the classics. But, I mean, one... And then, like, Rodan wasn't necessarily bowing to people and stuff. I mean, either way, he got... He got bitched out pretty good. But he held his own in the beginning when he was fighting Ghidorah. And I thought it was just beautiful. Like, all of that stuff that they were doing, they did that movie right. It charmed the hell out of me. I mean, you know, anytime somebody said, too much Godzilla in it, oh, oh, I, I enjoy it. I was like, okay, you have your problems. I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion, whatever. But when I looked at that, I, I thought it was a instant classic for me. So that's always the crown jewel. Hell, that was my, uh, that was my movie of 2019, wasn't it? Yes. Because, hey. I loved it. But, you know, you, you can't please everybody, right? So that's usually how it goes. But you see right off the bat here, when they had the the um, when they had the when had artwork of Kong and Godzilla right there, face-to-face, -face, I was hooked. And then 2020 came around along with COVID, so we never got it. But with 2021 happening, right here in the good month of March, tail end of March, but still good month, I was like this, okay, I don't have to go to the movie see. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the big screen right here, and then I'm going to sit here with my HBO Max, and I'm going to watch the whole damn thing. So I sat there, and I watched it, and um, first thing I noticed is, is that it wasn't nearly as 
long as uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. And in a way, it really didn't need to be. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it only focused on, like, three titans at best. You know? It focused on Kong and Godzilla, who we've came to see. And then, of course, the real antagonist. Which was a man-made titan made by... um. I don't. I want to say it's the eco terrorist, but it was probably the guy who went ahead and bought it, bought all the stuff from the eco terrorist. So, you know, one way or another, it's like Mechagodzilla. So let's just say that. But you see, like it's Mechagodzilla with um, the brain and uh, workings of Ghidorah, because they managed to get one of the Ghidorah heads. Allegedly, they say it was like the playful one. Uh, the the Kevin head is actually controlling the uh, Mechagodzilla one. And I'm like this. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, cool. Doesn't matter to me. Ghidorah's Ghidorah. But <laughs> as I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this, I see like how they set it up. Like, I mean, when they utilized that Ghidorah head in order to control Mechagodzilla because they couldn't power the thing. So they went ahead and they uh, kept triggering it and triggering it which made Godzilla go on a rampage hunting for Ghidorah, because he's doing his job. He's supposed to protect and maintain the balance of Earth, at least in this series. If it was, like, the Godzilla that really didn't give a damn, you know, and a lot of you out there who are fans know of that Godzilla, the Heishi series one, and, and in some cases the Millennium one, like All Out Monster Attack, that Godzilla really didn't give a damn. Then it's a little different, but you can see, like, one way or another, they kept triggering him. Kept, like, you know, turn on that, that monster. The monster's not part of the natural order, so Godzilla's going to go do something about it. And then, of course, you know, Godzilla also has to prove, or feels as though he must have to measure up his kingship against King Kong. So King Kong is under surveillance, and he's under this giant dome, and he knows it. So it's like, one way or another, they can't keep, um, you know, can't keep telling him that, hey, this is just Skull Island. You have nothing to worry about. So, you know, there's the issues with that. And then, of course, you know, what else was led to is when we had, like, um, God, what was it? What was it? Because, I mean, like, the movie was so good, you know. I try, I, I paid attention to, like, the, the plots of it, but I also realized this. Everybody had something to gain in this movie is pretty much what I'm saying. But, however, when people complain about the poorly written human characters and Godzilla King of the Monsters, which, by the way, took place in story... Five years before this one. So things have changed. You know, certain things in Monarch aren't there. Some people that we were accustomed to are not there anymore. So that kind of makes way for that. Because I know that things were kind of lacking on the human side, too. Like, things were kind of bare bone. Like, uh, Rebecca Hall's character was well done. The little girl that played Gia, well done. Because best representation of the natives that Kong was familiar with. So that was that was well done. Uh, the new guy who was involved, like, uh, Dr. Nathan Lund, he got on my nerves. Because you could tell, like, one way or another, he's in it because of guilt. You know, his brother was looking for Hollow Earth so, you know, and was so addicted to his idea of doing so, he got crushed by his experiment in doing so. And the thing is, Lund wishes that he could have been a part of it, wish he could have taught him out of it, all that kind of stuff, because guilt comes in many different forms. And then, of course, you got, um... You got the guy who owns the Mechagodzilla prototype. And then, of course, you know, with him is also the estranged son of Shirazawa, which you would never find out about unless you probably read the prelude comics and all. Because they never really identified him. Well, they did, but you had to listen close. And then even then, you're wondering, like, okay, well, why is he against his father? Like, what is going on here? Like, why does he hate the Titans? Was his mom killed by Godzilla at one point? Or... Like, was stepped on by a Mewtwo? What, what, what was it? You know? 
I would like to have known his story a little bit more. But you see, the thing about it is that we didn't really come for the human element, but the human element, one way or another, can make or break a film because that's who we um, identify with, you know, usually. And you see, like, that was what was pretty weak about it. But needless to say, it didn't really skip a beat on it because the monster battles were great. The best strength of this movie is when Godzilla and Kong are fighting each other and when they're talking in reference to them. That was amazing. And Godzilla had about, I want to say, a little bit more screen time than the 2014 movie. And then a lot less than the 2019 movie. So let's just go ahead and say that right there. But that's okay, though, because we had to get to know Kong again. Kong was growing since. And, like, it took it took place a lot longer than Godzilla. No, none of that. It took a lot longer than Kong Skull Island. So you see, at that point, King Kong grew up a lot older, got his beard now running things on his own terms to a point after he got out of the dome and he managed to get the hollow earth. That was cool. You know, like the whole sequence behind that, but I would have liked to know more about it. I would like to know more about his, his whole species rivalry with Godzilla. I would have liked to known all that, but they did not delve into it too much. They told you about it in passing, but at the same time, maybe if you read the prelude comics, they'll, they'll give away all that stuff too. But it's just like, when they use that, it's all there in the manual trope. It's just like, it leaves you hanging because you really want to know the gist. But at the same time, it's all about the battle of dominance. So when they're battling each other out, like, you know, one way or another, like when they were on sea, you can't beat Godzilla in the sea. Come on, let's just be honest. You can hold your own at best. You can keep them at bay a little bit. But nah, nah, nah. One way or another, when they battle on that, um... That, that aircraft carrier i was like yes oh and then like the punches the kicks the roars the man i'm telling you you talk about a very crisp beautiful film especially for that because i mean at the end of the day it's like this like you know that they're kind of weak with the human element but the monster element very strong very strong and then it gets even better like after you know the whole sequence where kong got his throne back and he knows he's home and he's living right there in hollow earth you know, that's just awesome. And then he finds his axe, which is made out of one of Godzilla's ancestors' uh, spines, that is. I would have liked to know more of the story behind that. But then again, maybe I don't need people to tell me it when I can see it, right? So it's like, oh, okay, so this makes perfect sense. This is why he's able, like in the trailer, that it was able to stand up to the blast because it's one of Godzilla's species dorsals, though. You know? And that's beautiful. Like, the way they went about that, not bad. And then you see... When it was time to do that rematch, and then they got up there in Hong Kong, all the neon lights and everything, that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Hell yeah! Because, I mean, you're fighting on Kong's turf now, on the land. And then, like, at that point, you realize, like, the first beginnings of that bout, it was going to Kong. I'm just saying it was. Because, like, he, he was holding his own. And then leaping on the buildings and stuff, it was just, like... The one wrestling match that everybody wanted or A, needed to see. Because uh, if you take a look at what WWE's doing, they're about to bring back Eva Marie, and that doesn't make any damn sense at all. But when you see, like, ah, Kong just jumping and just knocking him down and just... And you know, the only reason why I'm saying this, it seems like I'm Kong dominant, but I love them both. I'm in that camp where, don't make me choose, damn it. Don't make me choose. I'm in that camp where it's like this, let them fight. Because, you know, one way or another, I'm getting my $15 worth here. And I did. Because, like, right there, that was just beautifully done. The beatings and all. 
And then the thing is, you realize that Godzilla was just playing around, right? Because <laughs> as soon as he got on all fours and went after him, just start clawing that Kong and all. Man, took him down like that. But you see, the thing is, beating him. Try to make him submit. And then Kong, on the other hand, well, nah. <laughs> just like what Rebecca Hall says, Kong bows to no one. Which is why some of you King Kong fans shouldn't be salty out there. Our man held his... Well, not man. Our ape held his own. Don't be salty about this. Because it wasn't an easy battle. Let's just say this. I mean, with Kong being the last of his kind, and after all those beating he gave the Skull Crawlers in the um, Skull Island movie, like, yes, there's a reason why he has billing in this movie. And you saw it. Like, the resourcefulness and what he, and the quickness. But also, it's just that Godzilla is not dumb, smart as hell, and knows a worthy opponent when he sees one. You get what I'm saying? And, like, at that point, even with the axe, like, he, he knew, you know? It was just a great standoff between them both. And then the thing is, the fact that he did not concede to Godzilla roared right back in his face. Defiant to even the king of the monsters. Godzilla had no choice but to respect that. And you saw it. Like, if you paid attention, though, and you saw, like, the scene, like, right afterwards, you could see that he respected him for it. That's how it's done. Especially in a battle like that. And, and you know, of course, you know, like I said, even though Godzilla was playing around a little bit, you can see he was winded. Because, here's the thing, as soon as um, Mechagodzilla was activated, and the whole point about the plot with that was is that they didn't go to Hollow Earth to study anything or to see about Kong's origin. They went to Hollow Earth so they can gain a power supply to give to Mechagodzilla, which they did. And I think it was a part of Godzilla's species, if I'm not mistaken. If I remember, like, where we were in that area where Kong made his home. And then, see, the thing is, it powered up, and then it became sentient. Not just aware, but sentient. And then it ate the um, rich CEO. I thought that was great. Like, the weakest part about it was, you know, the CEO, his daughter, and all that kind of stuff. Because they were just more or less, like, one-dimensional villains. And truth be told, I'm not going to talk about them in this review, other than what happens to them. She gets smashed up in Hollow Earth, or no, I think she gets smashed up in Hollow Earth with Kong's help, which was cool. Or no, Kong smashes up her, her little her little air jeep to get away, which I thought was hilarious. Try to call him a monkey. He made a monkey out of you. And then, of course, you know, the rich CEO, his ass got ate up by his... He managed to get the Frankenstein syndrome. Got his ass ate up by Mechagodzilla. I thought that was beautiful. Poetic justice. Yeah, I said beautiful a lot in this episode. I better quit doing that. Otherwise, I'll start sounding like an Instagram comment. You know what I mean. Especially if you pay attention to what goes on with uh, certain people out there on the gram. Now, but yes, it was like one way or another. I I, I laughed. I enjoyed it. I felt, uh, you know, I felt a little sadness though there when Kong was out and like really, really out. I thought like his heart was fading away. So they had to go ahead and rejuvenate that to bring him back. And of course, you know, being King Kong in this kind of movie, it was like, yes. And then, like, when Mechagodzilla came out, to be fair, let's just say this. Both Godzilla and Kong were winded. They just had a big battle. I mean, you've seen it where, like, in the other movies, Godzilla, like, falls down and tires out a little bit before he goes back in the city. He was on his way back, and then all of a sudden, here come Mechagodzilla. 
showing us exactly why the third act villain can either make or break a movie. And in doing so, he was whooping Godzilla's ass. And see, Godzilla knows. He tried all his tricks from before. Didn't work. Didn't sell at all. Kind of like watching the episode of Dragon Ball Z when you notice like the new villain shows up or finally achieves perfection for him and decides to go ahead and say, I'm better than you and more. Bah, 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 bah. And then... <laughs> uh, then we got to wait till the next episode to see how this resolves, even though the character is getting pummeled the hell out of. But you see at that point, like little Gia went ahead told Kong that Godzilla's not the enemy, help him and all. And Kong, being who he is, goes ahead, rises up, and saves Godzilla from getting a kiss of death similar to what happened in Godzilla 2014 when he did that to that Muto. And I was like, now that's on point. But it took a while to get there, though. And I can see where the similarities between BVS comes into play because it's, it's akin to, why'd you say that name? Why'd you say that name? It's his mother's name. Martha. Yeah, old Martha Syndrome, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, might as well. You know, Gia might as well have said that out. Because, I mean, like, at the end of the day, I don't know what it is. But, you see, it feels kind of cheap when, like, you know, the characters that we've been looking to see who wins actually has to team up to take a bigger threat. It feels like it, doesn't it? You know, like when Doomsday came around. And Doomsday wasn't properly done justice, but, you know, it did kind of establish the DC Trinity on film. So maybe that's the saving grace for it, because it was Dawn of Justice, but still at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know how you feel about it. But for me, it, it was it was a reach, but in a reach that kind of kind of worked in an obtuse way. Let's just say that. But in this particular moment, like, yes, you had to find something to actually have Godzilla and Kong team up against. Because, hey, the two icons, man, one way or another, you're not going to please who wins one way or another. And then that's how we got it. When Kong was down, he lost clean. But he still did not concede to him. So that's what we got out of that. But it was still Godzilla that reigns, all right? Whereas, if you want to see the one where King Kong actually wins, I suggest pulling out the 1960s movie, sitting back and watching that, and then you'll see that Kong actually won that in both cuts. There is no special cut where Godzilla won that. And to be fair, King Kong was a lot more popular than Godzilla at that time. So, whenever you hear somebody say, there was no definite winner, yeah, it was, you just didn't want to say it, it was King Kong, dumbass. You know what I mean? <laughs> And that was a publication one time when uh, Adam Wingard, who directed this film, said that. I was like, yeah, okay. Okay, buddy. Uh, and by the way, from what I heard, he purposely made this movie an hour and 59 minutes. Or, no, 56 minutes. Because he likes his films to be that way. I mean, okay, whatever. That's why where sometimes where I hear the director say their thing. That's cool. Let them say it. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. I mean, let's just hope. let's just hope that it actually serves the purpose. So, yeah, truth be told, because people going crazy with run times now. But the whole thing about it is, though, like, it actually makes sense for this because it focuses on the two Titans. Now, going back into uh, Mechagodzilla here, yes, you need somebody that actually the two main Titans could actually fight against. And it has to be something that's stronger than them. Otherwise, why would they team up? You know? You can't just have, like, your great heroes combine over somebody that's a chump and that only one could really take down. When you have a combination like that, it has to be something that's grandiose, huge. And then in Godzilla's Rogue Gallery, 
and even in Kong's Rogues Gallery because there were two Toho movies that were made, or at least, yeah, no, there was a second one. It was called King Kong Escapes, and it had Mecha Kong in it. Mecha Kong beat the living hell out of regular King Kong. So he had to use his smarts and his experience to go ahead and defeat that thing. Whereas in this one, you know, it had to be Godzilla and King Kong teaming up to take down this big monster here because Mecha Godzilla is designed to kill Godzilla. I read a publication one time where it said, How come Godzilla can't be Mecha Godzilla? Because, damn it! In the first beginning of it, it has to be a credible threat. It's more or less like the wharf effect. Yeah, Godzilla's as destructive and as powerful as he needs to be for whatever movie he's in. But the thing is, if you want something to really scare the living hell out of the audience, you need something that's actually going to sell and beat the living piss out of him. And if there's one thing that Mechagodzilla is good for, he's good for doing his job. Because there are moments where he incapacitated Godzilla, handicapped Godzilla, pretty much did the one thing that even King Ghidorah couldn't do. Make Godzilla bleed. And listen, if you don't believe me on this, go back to the Showa series and look at Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and you will know. Because if there's one thing that that silver plated jerk did, he made him bleed. Blood coming out of his neck, on his face, all that kind of stuff. Now, to be fair, you all can mention Gigan, but Gigan's not in this damn movie, so you might as well sit back and chill out. But yeah, he was the second one to make him bleed. But Ghidorah never did. And truth be told, like, this is piloted by a Ghidorah? That's even scarier. So you need that moment there. Like, that tension is right there. But as soon as you see Mechagodzilla, or even hear Mechagodzilla, Godzilla is gonna get the <laughs> gonna get the piss beat out of him for at least, like, the first act of it. You know what I mean? The first round of the bout, Godzilla's losing. That's just the way that goes. And then somewhere along the line, he gets his second win, or he gets, like, that power-up that comes into play that allows him to manage to beat Mecha Godzilla, along with his experience and all the battles that he fought in. Yes, that's the way he can do it. It's like that with any other superhero. You can say that with any superhero that you can think of. Like, you know, with Bane sometime. Bane and Batman? Batman has to utilize a way to outsmart Bane in addition to incapacitating Bane. You understand that, right? Because Bane is a lot stronger, and he's not a dumbass. So you need something to take him down with. And then the same thing with Superman and, um... I mean, Superman and Lex Luthor in general. I was gonna say Metallo, because Metallo's got the kryptonite heart in him. And you know what? I'm gonna have to redeem Superman at some point, because some of y'all go too crazy with that Superman hate. I'm just saying. But when it gets right down to it, you have to have a villain in your rogues gallery that can test your power and beat the living hell out of you. It makes the story a lot interesting. And not only that, you know, if you beat everything and you dominate all the time, people get bored of you. People get tired of you. People get to that point where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, what what else is there to be said? You understand what I'm, you, you get what I mean. It helps the characters stay interesting if you have something like this. Now, the unfortunate thing is, as uh, the human element comes back into play on this, there's a moment where, like, you know, there's a deuce ex machina to a point where, like, you know, one of the characters had a bottle of whiskey and he was going to drink that for his last his last drink. 
you know, one of the kids on there played by, I think, Cannonball from uh, the Deadpool movie. <laughs> he went ahead and grabbed it, dumped it on the control panel inside the Ghidorah head, and then, like, shorted it all out, causing, like, you know, something to happen. You know, malfunctions, whatever, as you will. So, in a way, there is no other way to, you know, in a way, the humans did help Godzilla and Kong win against this monster. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of people had a problem with that, but that's happened before in the classic movies. There's been moments where, like, the control panel had to get disrupted so there would be a fighting chance. And as the monster still had a bit of control over itself, you realize that without the Gundam pilot in there, <laughs> it's fair game to beat the living hell out of it. And that's when, like, you know, Godzilla powered up Kong's axe and Kong went to town on that damn thing GTA style. And I thought it was pretty cool. But you see, also, um, the only problem I got with Mechagodzilla is his design. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, even for kaiju standards, it's pretty damn ugly. It's like, one way or another, it could have been something that, like, really resembles, you know, the original to an extent. I mean, it had the red eyes. And it was scary as hell. So, I mean, I guess that's what it got going for it. But it, the design could have been a little bit better. But maybe, maybe we can just give it a little bit of a pass. Maybe. But I know a lot of people were very disappointed by that Mecha Godzilla scene. To me, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. But I know, like, the weakest parts of this movie is definitely the human element. Even though it had, like, um, Millie Bobby Brown in there, and it had her father in there, because they're the only two left of the family, so, you know, and it had their whole point. But, see, the father didn't really do much of anything. Along with the uh, along with the Monarch crew, so it was more or less her and her best friend, and they were going to go look for the conspiracy theorist who works for the company that was building the Mecha Godzilla. So it was a it was more of a subplot. But the thing is, we didn't really get to focus on them entirely, or even like you know the character development of some of these was all over the place. Put it that way. But that's kind of the WB way of filmmaking now. <laughs> I mean, if they're not out here telling you that they're going to go ahead and make you a new Superman movie, a new Batman movie, but they have no plans in, in mind of how to do this, and they just keep announcing this crap all the time, it alienates and annoys you. And then when they have a movie come into play, and you're thinking that you're going to get some completion here or there, or you're going to get things resolved, maybe at some point, but not in this new style of filmmaking. But at least with the MonsterVerse, they managed to do all of this right. See? So they didn't have all that power structure stuff, and maybe this stuff was already set in stone and already ready to go. So, if one thing. But if you look at, like, the length of the, the movie compared to, like, King of the Monsters, and then compared to Kong Skull Island, this is, like, a pretty good resolution to things. But however, like, I just wonder what's next. I wonder if they're actually going to continue on. I mean, there's still some subplots in uh, King of the Monsters that need to be looked into. What about the additional Mothra egg? What about, like, you know, like, what what about all those other informations that go down? Or is Godzilla really going to turn heel on us in the next movie? Like, you know, what what's going to happen? Even though Godzilla is established as a protector in this, it's still open-ended on whether he will go full heel or not. You see what I'm saying? So that's the question about that. But as far as this movie goes, you're probably wondering what I would rate it outside of, like, the obtuse storytelling. I mean, hell, you can look past it if you focus on the monsters. So, and that's what I really came to see. 
at the end of the day, I wanted a little bit more storytelling on, like, why certain characters are the way they are. I would have liked it if maybe Shirazawa and the Ghidorah head probably had, like, this melding thing. Similar to, like, what happened in uh, Pacific Rim 2 when, um... I think, what was his name? Was it Charlie Cox? When he turned out to be the villain in that movie because of his immersion with Kaiju thinking, that would have been pretty on point. Of course, at the same time, we got close to it because uh, he did die in the seat, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, like, oh, no, I didn't hate this movie. Does it measure up to its predecessor? Meh. I thought the King of the Monster movie was a lot better with four knuckles. This movie right here comes up with a nice three. I'm going to give it three. So, yeah, that's what I go on about that. I would say three knuckles for this one because at the same time, you, we can go ahead and talk about its average, but at the same time, it's a monster movie. And, like, seeing all the destruction that takes place, all the fights, all the things leading to the fights, you know? Yeah. This is okay. Human element, whatever. I could just go ahead and cut all that stuff out and just sit back and just watch the monsters fight all the time. And I would love to do that. So, yeah. This movie wasn't really a pain in the ass to me. It has its weak points, but like I said, it's a lot better. It's well done. It's entertaining. And one way or another, I appreciate it a lot more than uh, a lot of the other Warner Brothers things that came out not too long ago. And which is so sad, too, because... I still want to work for them, you know what I mean? I still got lots of ideas that, you know, if I'm not going to make on my own, I'd love to send their way, but I don't think they'd ever get done any right or done with justice anytime soon. You get my drift? Because, like, who who actually is in charge now? Yeah, that's a mystery we'll have to solve at some other time. But other than that, though, I hope that I kind of tied up a few loose ends on this, and I hope, like, you know, you all enjoyed yourselves. And if not, we'll have to come back with another episode and go ahead and help you with your attitude problem. Which I'm open to do. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, this is J-Man signing off. I want you guys to take it easy and take care of yourselves, okay? We'll be back with Jams 23 tomorrow. And somebody sent me a message. Well, <laughs> that's just a running gag. But take care, though, okay? Peace. Peace.